0: now
1: entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. And welcome back once again to the Area 52 podcast. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in again. Uh, Joining me In studio, in the secretive underground area, 52 recording facilities, I am joined by uh, both of my compatriots this week, Marty Daniels, Danielle, Daniel, we call you so many things on this, you have have multiple names, names. all
2: kinds of names, did you send anybody to the hospital last night, Danny? Only four.
1: (laughs) That's right. Uh, No big deal. As Melissa, who's also here, I'm I'm, again, full, full force, um... Pointed out, yes, you had a, ra- a wrestling show last night. The uh, the Rocky Mountain Rumble, which is the largest rumble in the West. I feel like you West. could say that better. You want me to like... Yeah.
3: Rocky Mountain Rumble! Ladies yeah. and
1: gentlemen, <laughs> June 9th from the UCW Training Center, it's the Rocky Mountain Rumble! <laughs> featuring your... Former UCW Women's Champion Marty Daniels. That's what I'm talking about
0: right there.
1: <laughs> How'd you do?
2: I mean, I feel like I was robbed. Yeah. Of a victory uh-huh. last night. Uh, I was sold out by my former teammate. Well,
1: but that's what former oh, teammates do, don't they? It
2: seems like that's the pattern. They but sell you out. I was. I was just looking for a little bit of change. But anyways. I'll get my revenge, you will don't you worry
1: you always do i am never done you' ne- there's never it's never I'm like, never done oh okay well, we'll just let that go no you That's come right. back and you you there's a, there's boot and there's face and yeah. you give him a and good... there's
2: a sweet little thing called revenge
1: ooh oh my god tis a dish best served cold they say
2: I mean I like medium rare but
1: a I medium mean, just slightly, <laughs> a medium
2: rare, a, 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 like a
1: like a warm pink center. Yeah, that's
2: right. Still a little I think, bit of blood left, though, right?
1: I think everyone likes yeah, right. a warm I'll pink it center. I'm on your good
3: side,
1: <laughs> um, Melissa. Now, yes. Let me explain. Over the last week and a half or so, Melissa's been working very hard. In addition to working very hard, which you do, uh, yes, but girl. you've been working very hard on setting up um, and getting us in touch with. Uh, the people organizing an event here in that was that was taking place in town called March with the Aliens, uh,
3: paranormal event.
1: Yeah, it was that like was this happening
3: in our town in Utah
1: gathering or expo. People <laughs> from the paranormal. Yes! <laughs> I love
3: That's how you so said exciting. it. Like, can you believe well,
2: that? Utah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's so weird to have something like that come here. But it was, <laughs> we have weird stuff.
1: Yeah, we have a few weird. We have yeah, we paranormal especially expos the polygamists. And, Yeah.
3: Oh God. Well. <laughs> They have cool, weird things. Um, yeah, here. right.
1: And that that they like had like creepy, s-
3: weird. Things. Oh, yeah. Okay, I right. thought
1: it might have been like a, a bigger thing with a lot more booths and a lot more offering. It was more like um like uh, a lecture, a lecture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was neat to hear different people from the paranormal or UFO, uh, cryptozoology, people from spiritual Psychic. realm, yeah, psychics, really or cool. give speeches mix. and lectures. Right. Um. Now you attended a lot longer than we were able to. Like we mentioned, uh, Danny had a show; she had some s kicking to do. So we kind of got the never we're done, <laughs> 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 no days off. Um, <laughs> but she. So we had to get ready for the show and then come to the the uh, event and then leave from there to go to her event. Mm-hmm. And so we got a chance to see, which was super cool, the Travis Walton presentation yes,
3: i was so excited to which see was that really as well neat. that was like the highlight of the whole thing for me for sure
1: now travis for you for you listeners out there who have paid attention listened to all the episodes you've heard us talk about him and of course if you've you know if you're that into the paranormal and ufos and all of that then you clearly know the story of travis walton which was turned into the movie fire in the sky it's the story of a man who was abducted um uh, by aliens and uh ret- you know his his co-workers and brother and the people are, uh, that that were working with him i can't remember if it was his brother or not but the people that were working with him were actually charged with a crime people thought they killed him and then he showed back up and uh and with this tale that he had been taken and worked on and and I mean,
2: was it five days later melissa yeah. how long five days, five days after right
1: that's crazy and we got to hear him tell the story and talk about the aftermath and the people trying to debunk him the people trying to um you know discredit him and and i've i mean how many how many specials have you guys how many clips of travis walton have you seen oh online God, so on tv
2: many. um i have kind of a question for both of you guys is it do you think travis is kind of the um it's kind of the first example of someone who came back after that Well, distance Be- of days, or is that... I think that, that distance,
1: because all- Betty and Barney Hill, I want to say, were the first publicly... I mean, I'm sure there were people before no, that were that were abducted. a big
3: public case, but I think the thing with him was that it was being investigated as a murder, because there was no body. Oh, right. And so he was kind of the first... It was being publicly made known, because he was they were searching for him because he basically was a missing person and then he showed back up. So I think Mm -hmm. it was the first kind of like, this is what happened to him on the days he was missing. And he came back and said it was aliens. Like that was kind of the first,
1: which is crazy because I mean, you have to, you have to think about that in the, in the sense that like this guy, people thought he's dead. Mm -hmm. He's, he's dead.
3: Well, and you're gone for five days, I mean, and you disappear in the woods.
1: People are being charged with the murder, with your murder, and you come back and the cops go, okay, okay, well, obviously you're not dead, but what happened to you? How how can you explain, get these guys off? And he goes, oh, well, it was the aliens. They took me in their craft. (laughs) Remember, they said that the, the light hit me and they took me.
3: Yeah, which matched the story the guys told right. the police originally. And that
1: so, I mean, this is on record as being something that, and and it's such a famous case, and so many people have investigated his case. Him, he himself has been investigated. The site has been investigated. Um,
3: lie detectors. All the guys that saw it happened to him passed a lie
2: detector. Test. All of
1: them. Now, and and I mean, there's no part of us that I don't think any of us doubt what happened to Travis. No. Absolutely not. No, no, no. No. I 100% believe that he had an experience. I 100% believe a craft was there, and he was hit with something, and he was taken onto the craft. I I believe all that. But like we said before, it's it's not up to us whether to say that those were off-world beings that took him to another galaxy up in space, or this was something that was uh, of earthly origin, government or... Whatever whatever conspiracy theory rabbit hole you want to go down, the aliens are here. The government is using scare tactics, blah, 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 to experiment on people. Whatever it is you want to say, right? It's, but I don't have any doubt in my mind what happened to Travis happened to Travis.
2: Nor do I, really. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I truly believe him, and he—I don't know. I don't know that anyone's life ever really benefits from— something like this. Even More. if he
0: sold
1: his movie rights, it wasn't like this guy became an instant millionaire and was set for life.
2: Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that you ever outrun all of the, uh, the negative um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, side of things. things. Oh, yeah, because you still gets it. You spend your
1: life keep, being called a liar.
2: Mm-hmm. So I think that almost always outweighs weighs any kind of benefit you would receive from from a lie this big. But right.
1: I don't know. That's me. No, I, I, I 100% agree. You have to, like we've talked about, with literally every topic, that you can well most likely every topic but when it comes down to it you go well who benefits who, who makes money money is the ultimate end goal so i mean you know he's telling his story cuz people want to hear it the fact that people pay to hear it that's fine people say he's you know breaking it in from telling a story no he's not this guy's not making millions we got we got his autograph and a badass fire in the sky poster signed by him charged 5 bucks this guy's not like make it, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, he's not like charging crazy prices he, for photo opportunities. No, he he wants to tell
1: his story to people who believe him and will listen because it's something that impacted his life and you can tell is something that has has never left him. Well, I mean, how how would it? How fucking would it ever leave you? One of my one of the most interesting things I heard him say during his presentation, which I thought was cool. Was that he said over the years he developed the theory that he believed that he was taken for medical reasons that he wasn't they didn't want to take him for a sinister reason he believed that he had been because of the blast or whatever that the people on earth his 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 coworkers wouldn't have been able to get him to a hospital they didn't know CPR they, it would have been far too long and he would have died so these creatures took him up and worked on him to fix him him is what he said because of the radiation that he
3: took that stance on it.
1: Right. Which I, I mean, you know,
3: and it could have been because I mean it was their
2: laser beam. So right. Maybe they were like, "Oh crap, we hit someone." Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> like, right. Let's get him right. up here
2: and fix him.
1: <laughs> you know, and that's oh,
2: it's like when, like, if we were to hit an animal and we hurry and pull it out, we're like, "We have and all the animals. If you like, had we could have pulled him into the brushes to... and put leaves on his wounds." <laughs> exactly. And we're like, "Yeah, but we can take him to a vet."
1: Yeah, right. Maybe
2: it, maybe it's like that. I don't know. Well,
1: m- no. I mean, honestly, maybe you know, if you had the ability to help, would you? And he said that he didn't feel menaced. He said. In his presentation, take the film fire in the sky with a grain of salt. He said it's Hollywood and it's hyped up. So it's probably, wow, that is for those listeners who know what that movie is. And for those of you who have never seen it, that scene.
3: Oh, it's so scary. Is
1: the, the abduction scene in that movie is, is horrifying and it's really well done. Like it's very realistic and, 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 you know, non CGI, you know, cool natural effects. And it's very scary. But he said, you know, I'm, I'm assuming while being terrifying because it's unknown, he may have, like he said, you know, he didn't feel menaced. He felt like they were helping him. He's come to that conclusion over the years. So I thought that was fascinating.
3: Pretty cool. That convinced me more of it being real, too, because if it was somebody lying, they wouldn't have to find a way to, like, rationalize or see good in the aliens. Right. You know, they would always right. keep them as bad and, like, they did this to me. They're awful.
1: That's, that's you know what? That's a really good point. You wouldn't have to rationalize no, the aliens. Like, Your story wouldn't need to rationalize them. Over... with
3: it. Like, right. maybe they hmm. were helping me because they did return him yeah. and he was okay. And yeah. obviously he was injured by whatever they hit him with.
1: He also did talk about the um, physical evidence from the uh, the site, the incident site. Uh, he said that there were core samples taken of trees where, up to the point where they would been planted or they originated in nineteen eighteen, up to nineteen seventy five, and then after nineteen seventy five to what when when it, when did they do this core sample? Two thousand six, two thousand. It was some two thousand nine, something like that. It had grown. As much from 75 to 2009 as it had in its whole life. And the tree rings were twice as thick, three times as thick. They had showed abnormal growth. Um, Multiple trees, multiple things out there. And he was pointing out, you know, radiation should have killed these things. Not made them grow exponentially faster. Twice as thick. It's weird. I mean, he does have a lot of evidence. and, and, And anyway, I mean being able to sit there and, and hear him tell his story and then go up and shake his hand. And we got pictures and we'll, all the pictures will be up on, on our Instagram and, uh, and Twitter, this, you know, Facebook, we'll put them up on all three. So make sure you get up on there and follow those. But, um, we got to do that. We got to meet a few of the other special guests, um, who included Dave Schrader from the world of the paranormal. You've probably seen him on ghost adventures and a lot of other paranormal shows. Uh, uh, Greg Lawson, the paranormal detective who we yes. actually got a chance. First of all, this dude. We got he's a,
3: so cool. He is the cool.
1: So cool. I, I, want, I just want to, like, we, like you said, Like I just want to hang out with him.
2: Yeah. I mean, he had like a UFO shirt on. Yeah. He even had like maybe pyramids or something on it. Yeah. But it was badass. He is so cool. He's so fun. Yeah, he's like the uncle you want to hang out with at Christmas.
1: Yeah, and, and it was funny because we had put in um, our, our our friend Johnny McKeon, who good friend of the podcast, good friend of of us in general in life, he had put um, us in touch with the people who were in charge of the convention, and they reached out. Melissa, you had had put in a lot of work, and because of that, not only did we were we able to get into the convention, but um, we were able to talk with Greg for what we thought. We thought we're going to sit down and get 10 to 30 minutes with yeah, this guy. Yeah, I was guy. like
3: we'll just call him and talk to him.
1: You know, maybe <laughs> just, a, just a quick one. Really yeah. And then we'll we'll insert it into an episode. So we'll be like, "Okay, guys, so now we're going to cut to our" And we thought that's how it was going to go. We sat down and talked with Greg for an hour and a half <laughs> without I mean, without even batting an eye. This guy had so many stories. He's um I mean, he's not only does he have uh, 26 years of of experience in the police world he w- had 10 years of military service with deployments all over the world he had joint he joined three branches of the of the military now he's a, a
2: he's like an underwater uh recovery specialist like for you know bodies and things like that and he was just telling us
1: stories <laughs> what did he say <laughs>
2: he's, and and you got to understand how greg is he's amazing and he kind of he just he's got has this kind
1: just, of laid-back texas kind yeah,
2: of, he's kind of got this air of just like yeah it's almost like i don't know what it is no worries you know yeah kuna matata about him but um he just is like yeah i got like 11 bodies right now unaccounted for you know uh just trying to get them just, like, <laughs> just trying to we're
1: so just trying to get them crazy. you know yeah. and uh, we kind of know where they are but yeah. we'll just keep diving for them but yeah. uh, we'll get them don't worry yeah. we'll get them and I'm, he, he's got, I mean, he. I mean, he, that's
2: just his to do list right there. We know?
1: talk to him about UFOs. We talk to him about aliens. We talk to him about ghosts. We talk to him about just about everything. And he's a really cool dude. And so, actually, we're going to do this episode live, you know, us in the studio. And then we're going to drop that as a second episode this week. So you'll actually get two episodes this week.
3: Yay! Yay!
1: You didn't join. Of no, all.
3: Yay. Uh, no, listen. You are like the
2: yay queen. Of all the and you did people I yay. thought would join on <laughs> yeah. Yay! Um, like, you guys had it covered that time. Well. No. <laughs> no, but it not, was. It's quality over it was, quantity, yeah, okay?
1: We were basically like the girls behind Diana Ross and yeah, the Supreme Show. We're the backup back yayers. Yay,
2: Come on. the backup yeah, yayers. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's all we're doing. So, <laughs> um, But you, Melissa, um, not, uh, not only got to see Travis with us, but you got to see a lot more and talk with uh, people a lot more. So tell us a little bit more about what you got a chance to experience at the Walk With Aliens Expo.
3: Oh, it was mostly a lot of lectures, but all of them were so interesting and they were all a little different, you know, because obviously we heard Travis with the aliens and then um, the Dave guy from Ghost Adventures, Darkness Radio, all of that guy, his was amazing. And he was talking about... How I can't remember the name of the ranch. It was like Stardust Ranch or something, and it's a lot like Skinwalker Ranch. The Cheers. guy that
1: filmed the alien, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, Dave yeah right? that guy. Okay,
1: yeah. no, the the Stardust. He was the guy. Remember that was like he got the alien on his on his webcam behind him. He was an older guy, and he said the guy on his. Ranch was the dude who had killed an alien with a sword.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. If you have to kill what? him a certain way with the sword. Yeah, because if you G- cut Ghost off their Adventures head, went to his
1: house, I remember this whole place. But if you
3: stab him in the heart and you get some of the heart on the sword, then they can't disappear. Right. So it's such a weird place. And he's got, like, but
1: there's the video where he's talking like on his webcam, and it looked like something like peeks in from behind the wall on him. But yes, I, I can. I'll I'll find that on on demand or something. But I remember that. Let's get a sword. Yeah. Yeah, We have we have swords. 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 We have swords.
2: But do we have alien stabbing swords?
1: I will get them anointed.
2: They seem it seems to matter.
1: I feel like where we are, like we're down here in (laughs) area fifty two. There's gotta be alien stabbing swords around here somewhere. They're in Halby, but but do you have that Hellby access? I
2: was gonna say I don't have my Hall Pass on.
1: I'll I'll check in with Janice Janice, can we get some alien stabbing? So- Janice, she's not here, so she's hopefully she'll hear. There's got to g- be a cooler name too than Janice, you know,
2: like because otherwise it's just don't ass. Make fun of Janice. Alien stabbing swords is just ass. Oh, <laughs> um, alien the abbreviation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I was like, don't,
1: ass. don't, yeah. don't bag on Janice's name. <laughs> no. That's what her parents named her.
2: <laughs> no, but an alien stabbing sword is an ass.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. You grab your it's ass. Your
2: ass whooping. Oh. <laughs> all right. All right. We're lost. Let's moving on. No, this is fine.
1: This is all This is all appropriate.
3: Also, they had uh the haunted collector there. His name is oh, John yeah. Zaffis.
1: Yeah, we met John.
3: <laughs> he was so cool. Now and John
1: so- specializes in items antiques. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Dolls, kind of, clocks, yeah,
3: anything, things
1: that are uh, apparently what possessed, or or is it possession, or they are inhabited by spirits? I think
3: it's either. I think it's. Is anything, there a difference? I have no
2: idea. I w-
1: well,
3: well it's all comers. We okay. should get him on the podcast and interview him I, about it. We yeah, tried really hard, but he was too busy. Let me
1: ask you this: I would assume, well not ask, but I'm, I propose this right that a possession like Annabelle, right, would be an evil spirit that clings to an item as a conduit for its evil doing. Yes. Whereas a spirit inhabiting it, say, like, my mom lives in the blender, right? Like, she... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, she'll just... <sighs> you
3: loved her margaritas. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, or you know what I mean? Like, there's there was that... You know, wasn't there a lady said she had a haunted toaster?
2: Oh, I love that video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And the toast gets like burned, and it would have messages like this is like Satan, lives or Yeah, something. yeah. She... And the guy is like, "Well, why don't she get rid of the toaster?" She's like, "Well, to be honest, it makes good toast." <laughs> See. And I mean, that was her. I don't think the. I, I obviously don't think it was haunted. It looked like she scratched it into the the burn with her, a butter knife, but.
1: <laughs> that, which leads <laughs> to a greater butter. question: Why are you scratching Satan lives into your butter with a butter knife then into they your got toast?
2: Some issues there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I just believe Satan lives in all of us, and I like buttery toast. <laughs> um,
2: Let's post that video.
1: Yeah, uh, you know yeah, what? We will to- we'll share that. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll find it. Yeah, I'll find it for it and get it up there. Um, yeah. So, but I, I would assume, like you know, just a spirit in a clock isn't necessarily evil or menacing. It's just an actively you know, haunted clock. I yeah, guess, no, right? I
3: think I think there's probably different levels of like.
1: So how is it, what? Wh- tell us a little bit more about what you heard in the talks. I, I mean,
3: didn't get to hear him talk because I had to leave before he went up. Oh yeah, because they switched around the schedules. I oh, was so mad, but you got a chance like, to no.
1: just kind of talk to him. Yeah,
3: I just got to talk to him in person. And it was hard too though because a lot of the questions I'd ask, he's like, "Ask me when I'm up there." Wait, I'm going to talk about that.
1: Oh like, yeah. Oh, no. He's, but he's I like, thought it was save really it for interesting the stage.
3: because he was—I uh, mean, he's the haunted collector, but he's also anywhere you see his name, it usually says demonologist. Mm. So I'm sure he can tell the difference of like you know, an evil spirit possessing. That's an and, evil toothbrush, yeah. It's a demon degree. Demon. <laughs> it's putting
1: plaque back on your teeth.
3: <laughs> so I'm sure he can <laughs> figure it out. Um, and I didn't get to hear Josh Gates either. Who
1: was the the main he was attraction the big deal from, uh, from of course expedition and no. Yeah, big tall ginger bearded man.
3: Yeah, he's really tall. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I was surprised everybody there was super tall.
3: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they
1: didn't they didn't have like any short talkers. Um Yeah, it was neat. We kind of went in and and we only had a few minutes between talks. They were staying on a real tight schedule, so you kind of had to get your visiting in, but we did get to go out and talk uh more with Greg in the hallway and that was great and uh and yeah it was just it was a cool little event it was nice to see that there's that kind of turnout that kind of uh, enjoyment uh and involvement in that that community
3: yeah i just want to give a shout out to Ann who's a local psychic here in Salt Lake and she's the one who arranged the whole thing so yeah, she was, thank you so much Ann Anne, Anne.
1: you're the best thank you very much for allowing us to come and hang out and see these Uh, see the presentations and and meet people super cool we'll post some pictures of all the people we got to meet and um yeah just just a neat experience super cool um now another shout out that we kind of need to give is to our buddy from overseas uh shirag who is super cool dedicated listener very active on social media um, he is, he listens from the UK, apparently from a, a sparrow filled meadow.
2: <laughs> I love that. When he called and he gave us his story and it sounded like just the, the happiest Sparrows. place ever. Magical yes. land. Yes.
1: Yeah. Just, you could almost hear the sun shining on his call. Like <laughs> yeah. it was just beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. But coming through like the tree blossoms. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, just barely through.
1: Mr. Tumnus from, from Chronicles of Narnia would just walk by on his little goat toes. (laughs) Hello, good morning. Oh, good morning, Mr. Tumnus. Tip of the cap to him. Well, after we got done with our last episode where we talked about uh, a couple specials that we had watched, you know, things like that, um, he sent us a, a bunch of messages, well, a message that had a bunch of links. He had done a lot of research saying... Well, I heard you talk about Darren Brown's The Push, which was an amazing experience and and an incredible conversation. Uh, If you didn't listen to that episode, go back, listen to that, watch the show. Um, But he said, you know, there's a bunch of these. Um, Darren Brown, who is apparently much, well, obviously much bigger in the U.K. than he is over in the U.S., Um, an incredible magician, but also... The way that he approaches his tricks, like we talked about with the push, it's not really magic. It's While there are tricks involved, it's more about...
2: Power of suggestion.
1: Right, the mind. Yeah. And so he sent us a whole bunch of links to a bunch of these specials that Darren Brown calls the experiments. Um, His goal, obviously, is to see if he can make somebody do something. And a couple of the ones that we watched that were just absolutely fascinating, were the ones where he thought and, and believed that he could um, influence somebody through social cues and you know, subconscious uh, you know, programming and things like that, commit, get somebody to um, confess to a crime that they didn't commit. Or, in another special influence somebody to assassinate somebody publicly. Um, and then, I mean, there was a few of these. One of them that I thought was so fascinating was also the one where he's, he's got a live audience who believes they are part of a game show. They believe they are watching a new Darren Brown game show where he has people in the field and they're watching him guy who's out on the town for the night and they get to choose what's going to happen to them. And so, you know, he'll say, "All right, everyone. For the next thing, should we send the waiter over with um, you know, to buy a round of drinks for him or should we send over an angry boyfriend to start a fight?" And each time he would present them with a positive and a negative uh, option. By the end of it, this crowd is in a frenzy of like
2: they're like, they're like hyenas, I mean, honestly.
1: Yeah, they've got but. a guy in his, this guy's apartment, and they're like, you know, people are yelling, smash his TV! They just want to <laughs> see the worst things happen to this guy.
3: And the audience was all wearing masks, too. Right,
1: there was an air of anonymity, and they didn't have any, you know, what's the consequence? This is a TV show. Until the twist. Which, again, I, 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 would, I want you to go watch this. If you, haven't, if you haven't seen these, we'll post these on social media. So I don't want to spoil what these twists are. But when he reveals the ending to these people, um, you know, that that it is, uh, you know, a show, you can just see the realization of what these people did, that they got caught up. And, And the ultimate statement that that's what would happen to people, that when the negative starts building, it's harder and harder for the positive to stand out and more likely that you're going to settle into those beliefs, too.
2: It's kind of funny how he just leaves them, too, on that episode. Right. He's just kind of like, well, you guys were part of this. It was actually you that were the, you know, the the something. And, and then just kind of doesn't really give him, like, any explanation of no. anything that has happened. And just kind of leaves them there to sit in their own feelings. Like, he really doesn't try to make them feel better about anything. He's just like, he does that with you guys all are awful. And right. good night. <laughs> so.
3: Like, when he makes, like, the push and stuff, he's like, oh. It's all a joke, you but there's no like there's no like counseling or resolution at the end of it, which
2: I think oh. is worse like it's it's almost like it's like, oh, this is what you do in this situation. we just made you kill someone, yeah right now you gotta live with that yeah. <laughs> sleeps night knowing you're a murderer, so. yeah, he
1: doesn't he he kind of just leaves you with a gut punch every single time, uh yeah. but it it is fascinating because when you when you think about that, that mob mentality, you know it's.
3: And I think people go for the negative a lot, especially in groups.
1: Well, but that's what the, that's what the internet is. Somebody <laughs> totally. starts bashing somebody. The comment oh,
3: section you, on you, any news story fuck is fuck just a nightmare.
1: Guy, fuck <laughs> you, pepper. you know, that's all it is. Yeah, it was- It's this mob mentality, you know, and that's what happens where you get any kind of situation that it's extreme. And to watch that build, especially with these people, you know, where you let them hide behind masks like other hate groups have. Oh you know? totally. I mean there's a reason the Ku Klux Klan was wearing hoods and not just parading around going, "Hey, we're proud of our d- of what we're doing." Clearly they weren't. That's why you hide yeah, your face. That's
3: why they were doing it in secret. Right.
1: That's why burglars wear masks and stuff. I mean, it's clearly anonymity gives you a sense of like it kind of strips away mortality or not mortality but uh
2: humanity. Yeah, yeah I was going to say if, also it also would take away the the human aspect of each other. I mean, if you you can't really see the human expression on you know each other's faces while right. you're doing these things. It kind of helps you to continue, right? You know, I don't know.
1: It's- yeah, morality was what I was trying to say, not mortality. But yes, absolutely. Like you kind of start to free yourself of you know the the reminders. Uh, yeah, they they you know you can't look somebody else in the face like you just said and go, oh gosh, you know what are they thinking of me? What, who, you know, are they judging me? Are those people, you know, I I. That was it. Was one of those things that was like, um, uh, I remember when I used to go do um, NACA conventions, which is the big like college conventions where all of the college would come come and they would watch various acts perform to see if they wanted to book them at their college. And you would you would hear stories. You know, you'd say, go in there and do something that's very right down the line. Don't try to you know isolate because no college wants to be seen laughing at an inappropriate joke in front of another college they would they would literally like Colorado state won't let you know if they get caught laughing in front of Colorado at a bad-tasted racial joke it can and so you literally see that judgment because you know these groups you know that's what they do you take that away put the anonymity on them and you put it so that the person that they're that they're influencing isn't in the room with them they're watching a video screen and it's all mics and earpieces and so they're you know that person's never going to see them and hold them accountable either
2: Also, just another level of disconnect. Right. You know? Right. Which, again, like you said with the internet, I think is why. Right. I
3: thought it was so sad when he was going into the store and the audience had to vote if, like, he got a prize for being like the 500th customer or whatever, or if he got arrested. (laughs) And so the people in the store were all dressed up with sashes and, like, celebrating.
1: Balloons. Yeah,
3: and then um, the audience voted for him getting arrested, and they're like, okay, lose the sashes, he's getting arrested.
1: And <laughs> so, you know what, that like, was such... They had
3: like, this happy thing about to happen, and then they're like, oh, we gotta change costume and get ready to arrest
1: him. That was such a <laughs> so an, sad. an interesting point, too, because he did. he Before he even gave them the opportunity... I believe didn't he show them already dressed in them? Yes, so yes. They, He was even planning those mental triggers of saying, "Hey, look, you can you can choose," <laughs> like this show could have been called "Best Night of Your Life." Yes! And they could have literally been like, what a free drink is what thousandth customer what new TV. Oh! And they could have seen this. And I kind of wanted to see that show. Like I wanted to I see wanted a to dude. I
3: that show once I yeah. saw them like ready to receive him. And but I
1: mean, instead, I they, they, the they, they're they going to get make him get in a fight. They're going to make him get arrested. They're going <laughs> to get fired. Liter- get
3: fired. And then, get fired.
1: And then ultimately.
3: fired while he's on the way to jail. Right? And it's. Yeah.
1: It's. And you watch it, and they're laughing, and then they have God, the guy so go through his stuff, you know, mess up his drawers, and and you're just like, God damn, guys! Like, well, and is I that also us? think that
2: Darren was doing a really good job of planting um, the seeds of almost like making you feel better about your decision to dislike this guy, and he was kind of playing both sides, you know, like right. the he would show the people in the sashes and the celebratory attire, you know, as if if the celebration were to occur, and it's kind of Almost showing, like, look what you've stripped away. Watch how dramatic this is. You've made them change the whole, you know, mood of everything. Um, But back when they were at his apartment, I think his name was Chris, when they were in Chris's apartment, um, they kind of, you know, were showing things like, oh, look, here's his room and it's sad. And look, here's a fingernail that he left around. So almost like this, like, you can be like, what a gross guy, make him get arrested. Like, I think Darren's very good at um, understanding how to play all the um, areas of your your mind because um, he truly gives you all the options, but I think he also gives you all of the, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, The meat to chew on. So you make the decision. He gives you, I don't know, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but it's interesting.
1: Yeah, he he's not he's not directing you on what to think. Yeah, it's You're, not
2: one-sided.
1: Right. He he makes it very much so that the the trick is surrounding you. It's not this spectacle that you want to keep your eyes on. You want to get immersed in it because it's it really is it really is a, a an interesting point that he makes because you wonder to yourself, you know, how many of these, you know, things have we ever been caught up in, you know, or, or would you get caught up in something if you were in the audience, you know, where, where would you stand on your decision-making? You know, it's, I don't know. It was, it was fascinating. And he did a few of these things, a few of these experiments. The
3: one-on-one ones scare me more than the group mentality though. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. There was the one where he, uh, he sets up, much like the push, uh, a situation where everyone involved is an actor but the mark. You know, the guy that's that's getting, uh, that it's the center of the experiment. In the one where he sets up the guy to confess to a murder that he didn't commit. He knows he didn't commit this murder. Like, he didn't commit it. And he's not hypnotizing him. He's not doing anything to do. He's just using social triggers and and little subconscious things to to get to influence this guy and i guess spoiler alerts again stop if you haven't go watch these
3: this one's called the guilt trip
1: (laughs) but but by the time you get to the end of this one too and you see the resolution like it is unbelievably fascinating i mean i don't know how to talk about this without talking about
2: this maybe let's not talk about that one. Well, but then. I mean
1: people can stop this. They don't. Sure. It's not like sure. they like, they're like oh, oh it's But it's, it's kind it's of the only now. one that we
2: can't really discuss, you know, like without
1: Well, I would say then let's go watch it. All right. Go watch it or at least skip forward like 10 10 15 minutes.
2: I I do
3: think watching this one this is the only one that would work on me cuz I'm always like, you know, like would these mind tricks work on me cuz I'm such a paranoid like untrusting person. So But I think this one would because the way they wake him up, like they drag him outside and he wakes up outside and didn't know what happened. And then, of course, he's like, maybe I did kill that guy. He can't remember anything. Right. Right. They they screw with his memory completely in this one.
1: Right. But yeah. So essentially they bring this guy out to this giant remote estate in the country for um, a conference on something Some business student, blah, blah,
3: blah, blah, get a job out of school. (laughs) Right. So
1: and he's there to talk about being a postgraduate in the workforce and um, but everybody else is is an actor. Nobody's real. So throughout the week, they start. Well, they do. They start doing things to mess with his mind, his sense of.
3: Did I see that?
1: That, is that. Wait. Yeah, like I, when
3: they change the guy's tie while the guy is like in right. mid
2: lecture. He'll be in the middle a of a lecture, walk to the tie. back of a room,
1: come back with a different tie. The woman with the dress. Yeah, the same dress thing. is crazy. Yeah. And he. I,
2: I mean, all of these, all of these Darren Brown specials are so elaborately done. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm, I'm truly blown away by the amount of thought and consideration that goes into every single move that every single player of the game is going to make, and it's it's quite impressive. Also, it's quite terrifying. Yeah. Because this is just Darren Brown who's just a public magician who doesn't work for, you know what is it, M I six or, yeah, no, or he's CIA. Just, yeah, and I he's mean just... he doesn't he doesn't work for unless we unless he does. Unless he
3: does. <laughs>
2: but I mean, he's so good at it that you go, okay, well this is just what this guy does for fun, but I, I then you know that these tricks are clearly um capable of doing what they're, they are designed to do. And I think that's the most terrifying part about all of this is that that's what he kind of
1: proves. Right, that they, that they are, that they are capable, or that we are capable of being influenced by all this. And it's, it's fascinating because that's what he does with this guy. He brings him in, and not only does he mess with his mind, but he starts doing things. Like, he starts putting him into situations where he is meant to feel guilty for something. Um. Yeah,
2: and he plays, like, the... like Almost sounds like a doorbell.
1: Yeah, this chime.
3: Oh, yeah, he uses a lot of, like, Pavlov stuff. Yeah, Right, so he'll play this chime and
1: associate it with the feeling of guilt, associate it with the feeling of I've done something wrong. So he can kind of build that feeling of guilt or trigger it whenever he wants to. Um, He also, you know, gets one of the guys to act very bombastic, uh, you know, kind of offensive to people. Um, So... Well, you know, also,
2: much like in the push, right. what he does with Bernie, he makes That's right. he makes Bernie seem very kind unlikable, mm-hmm. and he sets up you know parts of the character that he wants them to recall later that would either make him seem you know unfavorable or right. you know, whatever it may be, or justify their actions. Kind of, I think what is what he's doing. Right. He's setting up little areas where he can seemingly justify the person's actions.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's the way that he sets this up, the way that he plays with this guy. Um, like there's this part where he goes, where they're all sitting at, at the dinner table and everybody has their food and he gets his food and he's looking at it and then somebody distracts him. And while they distract him, they switch the plates around. And by the end of it, like they literally give him a plate with nothing on it. Like his fish is gone. He hasn't eaten, but he... He knows he hasn't eaten like he knows he didn't eat his fish like you would know. I He's probably still starving. Right. You know, and somebody and he looks at it and, and the lady goes, what is it? And he goes, I, I, I don't know. My fish is gone. I, I, I don't remember eating it. But I mean, I'm, i I guess I must I must have I must have eaten it. And so I, it was just one of those things where you go, fuck. He literally just goes, well, it's gone. Literally, the only explanation is I must have eaten it. Right, like I must have. Okay, I. I mean, I don't remember eating any of this food, but apparently, I ate it all. It, but I didn't.
2: I think that happens to me a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just forgetting the ten minute after the yeah. food's gone.
2: I didn't eat that whole thing out of ice cream. That was <clears throat> no, not. No, that was me.
1: No, it's gone. Um, but uh, but no, that's that's a hundred percent insane to me that somebody can just like start abandoning their own mind. But that's what these tricks do. Is they and that's when people have talked about that in, in crimes all the time. I mean, we've investigated, well, not investigated, we're not investigators, but we've discussed countless tr- crimes and, and you, you, know, you do the, the research that you do into those crimes. And you learn time and time again, listening to detectives, listening to lawyers, that eyewitness testimonies are so useless in the long run because anybody can, you can pick apart any, any recollection. So I don't know. I I mean do you think that you either of you could be influenced to that degree?
3: Oh yeah, I totally could with the guilt trip one. Just because of the memory being screwed with so much. Although there's no way I would know if I had food or not because I food. <laughs> so they couldn't give me on the dinner. <laughs> but like everything else, like Changing the colors. And if somebody drug me out, like, of where I was sleeping and I woke up somewhere else, I would be totally just out of my
2: mind. Like, what happened? Yeah. That's, that's the one part of that special. What it, I mean, what do you think of that, Melissa? Where it seemed like he, you, do you think that was a recreation? I mean, he was very, because what Darren well, does to get into. Yes, that's true. And so it's like,
3: if they drugged his drink could Did him. they? Did they drug him? They didn't him? say that. Oh, but I'm saying if for the effect, if they did oh. it, it would make sense. Yeah,
2: and and what I'm kind of referencing here is that um, Darren Darren Brown kind of plays a recording through either his TV oh, the or TV, something. That's right. You know, while he's Ramita sleeping, Schlieff. that yeah, just kind I of. Just just a, a soothing <laughs> recording of his voice. Yeah. You're that's not so being punked. When <laughs> everyone comes in your room
3: and carries you out into
1: a field. I but, hope so. That that that's kind of... the voice that was on there. <laughs>
3: that's my voice. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa <knows. laughs> enhancement <laughs> sleep tape. <laughs> Would you're you like getting to be better out.
1: Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is how don't I get play
2: into ball. your subconscious.
1: <laughs> my god
2: you just all you sound like you want is them to come over and have you know tea and crumpets come like tea
3: with me. yeah but um you see a lot of the things on the internet that are like people who get really drunk and then their friends like draw on them or duct tape them to the ceiling or you know like yeah they're...
2: i guess that's true because so, it was just that so they were kind of lingering when people are
3: out you can you can probably move them somewhere or do something yeah. and they won't
2: you know what I mean, how they were kind of just like lingering around, kind of taking well, yeah, their time to get those shots him of out. him standing around him. You know, it's just it's very um, cinematic. And so yeah, I'm like, they dang, out really
3: slowly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I'm like, dang, it's a good thing he slept through all no, that cinematography. Like yeah. For
1: sure. yeah, it it was uh, it was a fascinating special. And, and the reveal is is I think that's another one of these things. I think a lot of these people, when they're in these situations, it's like they they're literally most quote magic tricks right they don't face your the 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 mark with um a feeling of well this is the rest of my life right like nobody's like all right the card is in your back pocket and you're like oh shit well now i'm never going to see my kids again you know <laughs> like i'm a monster yeah what did i do <laughs> The card was in my pocket, like you know. Nobody these
3: like stay with. They would stay with me, right? So they're kind of these life
1: changing experiences where they literally open your eyes up to the possibility of not only the world but your own the the capabilities of your own mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, for all the and uh, for all the people who were on the push and and stuff like that. I mean, there was three of the four. That were murderers. I, couldn't I mean, that's seventy five percent. You get
1: to go. Like, you
2: not You have to go home knowing I. I pushed the guy. Right. I would push. I'm a pusher. I'm a,
1: pus- <laughs> I'm a pusher. But not only that. Think like, about like knows. all the people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 think about all the people who like watched that and were like, "Oh my god, I saw you in the cave and you pushed him. Why would you push him? you had a murderer." I don't even know what accent that is, (laughs) where that's from. I think it's like it's somewhere there. Well, I
3: think that's why I would fall. Like when I watched the guilt trip one, that's why I think I would fall for that one is because you don't actually kill the guy. You know what I mean? Like you just feel like maybe something happened and you might have killed the guy because you can't remember anything. But if I was put in a situation like the push or the assassin, I don't think.
1: Yeah, but I, don't I think mean, I could do it. I don't okay. think I could
3: actually go through with that.
1: But there's a there's a. I
3: think
2: we should move on to the assassin because I think I that's, really like the assassin. I think I, th- I think we should just because of the, where we're headed in the discussion, anyways. Be- being since when you're asking what we can what, what we're, capable we're capable of, up. I agree. And I had always, I had actually always been. I saw a really cool thing. Um, there was a hypnotist that came to my high school, and he had he had one of the girls that he had hypnotized and he had kind of had her up there on the stage and so she's under hypnosis and he tells her she is stiff as a board and he put her between two folding chairs you know kind of on resting on her shoulders and kind of on the back of her calves and heels and he stood on her abdomen and she did not collapse and it was freaking amazing so i know that the powers of the mind are crazy but as far as this one goes and and i had always heard and he he had always he had also um kind of Mention this on stage that you would never go against any thing that you would you know not morally do or
1: that was your like, own yeah
2: right, that you kind of wouldn't do otherwise, so I had always kind of believed that, but then you kind of watched the assassin and I'm like, man, maybe I don't know, maybe maybe anybody can be right programmed to be susceptible, I mean he does kind of really take who he believes to be, to put it kindly, very gullible. Right. You know, he really... He Susceptible to, the, to hypnotism. Yes, exactly.
1: Right. Now, but. let me ask you. Now, Melissa, you've, you, uh, you ever been to a hypnotist show? No, I haven't. No, you have not. Mm-mm. Me and Danny have. Danny, when you went to the hypnotist show, were you, and we both got up on stage. We both did silly things.
2: Cute. What'd you guys do? Yeah, like kitty cats.
1: What? <laughs> she... She, I
2: remember <laughs> ants in my pants yeah, yeah things like that there was a
1: uh, there was oh I can't remember somebody grabbed your ass, you thought i gra- you thought people kept touching you mm-hmm. and you there was a shot a moment where you looked at me when he said you know that you'd been touched inappropriately, and you looked at me and you weren't there there was no recognition of me in your eyes, like you looked at me with a very like you were in the moment so either either you are one hell of an actress and why aren't we banking on that i don't know why where where are the statues and the accolades and the money <laughs> well they're in the basement or <laughs> all right, or were you genuinely i mean can you say you were genuinely hypnotized during any of those experiences
2: i mean yes i i don't know how to explain the sensation because it's not i i was never unaware Right. So you knew what you were doing. Absolutely. Like, you were more that's the open one thing to the I power can of suggestion. Yes, it was almost like you're you're 100 aware of of like what's going on. Like I knew I was at the show. I knew I was up on stage. I knew all of those things. You kind of just don't understand why you're right feeling um, susceptible to the suggestion. I guess you could say right. That's I guess that's the only way I can put it. Mm. That's my experience. I don't know, other people might feel like they have total amnesia of the Of the,
1: of the event. Yeah, but there is you're a... You're
2: hypnotized too, though, right?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it was...
3: Did you? Did you remember, like, what you were I doing? mean, yeah,
1: I think, and, and you know, I, you always kind of go back on your mind and go, you know... Um, because, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, there's a part of me when I was up on stage, like, in the, like in the back of your head at all times where you're kind of like... Because both times I've been to hypnotist shows, like, they were friends of mine. And you're kind of like, well, I mean, I'm not going to not do this, right? Like, I'm not going to not quack if you ask me to quack, because then I'll look, "Uh, uh, you know, like, you kind of go up there and you kind of go, I'm going to do this, right? So whether you're more open to the power of suggestion because you're relaxed and he's calming you, and it's not necessarily hypnotism, it's just, all right, I'm going to go along with the show, or or the fact that you're just kind of like, all right, I'm going to, we're caught up in this, I'm on stage, I'm not going to look like an asshole. Right. So I don't know. I I mean, there's there's a hard but no, I never like went out and was like, oh, what happened? You know, I, Yeah, like you, you just kind of go up there and it's fun more and, more and more. You, you you are open to the idea. But, but where, where, wherever that's coming from is a, is a different question. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a real quick break. And when we come right back, we are going to talk about the third special, which was the most fascinating and how it might tie in to techniques that were actually used and have been used by our own government to, I don't know. Maybe take people actually out for real. So we will be right back.
4: What do you remember about the shooting, if you're willing to talk about that?
0: I, I was, I, obviously, I was there. But uh, I don't remember the exact moment. I don't, I don't remember pulling my gun uh, out of my body or whatever it was located. And I don't remember aiming at any human being. Uh-huh. I don't remember any of that. In this of prison. Uh-huh. And, and I've said that from the get-go. Yeah, so I, understand. I, I, so it's, I slept it's I'm do trying you, to evade. Now I understand.
4: Uh, let me just ask you a question. When
0: did you start remembering things? After the shooting, when was, what was the first thought that you had after the shooting? Everything was always hazy in my head about that. And uh, uh, Attorney Teeter, who passed away, was trying to get uh, uh, a specialist, uh, Dr. Herbert Spiegel in New York, to hypnotize me and to regress no, I, I me and to do that. all that. Well, but when I, did you start remembering things clearly after the shooting? I, I really don't remember things clearly about it. Other than that no, no, I'm not asking
4: about the shooting part. I'm asking afterwards. When did you start remembering things in in reality? Uh, in reality. In, in reality. All, all,
0: all the reality of this whole thing hit me when I was on death row facing my own So death. how many months later was that? Oh, I would say maybe maybe a, maybe a year, two years. So maybe. you don't
4: remember a lot of things between the shooting and, and being on death row? I wasn't
0: too much worried about that. Mr. Prismich. I was worried about saving my own, but from from execution. Uh, One of the things that we look at uh, in
4: your case here, and every case is different, uh, was the crime itself. And this indeed, there is, every murder which is predominantly what we deal with, is horrible. Uh, Certainly to the individual and to the perpetrator, that being the inmate. It certainly is horrible to the family. The individual's um, you got to listen here, guys. Individuals um, lose in in a very uh, dramatic, fast way uh, a loved one that can never be replaced. Uh, But this crime went far beyond that, and we need to recognize that. Uh, Mr. Kennedy was was a winning candidate in California, as you know. I'm repeating uh, things we already know. Uh, and there was a groundswell uh, that was a very popular grand groundswell uh, for um, his, the hope that, that he gave some people, a lot of people. So indeed it wasn't just the Kennedy family, which was certainly large enough and, and uh, prominent enough um, to be of uh, a tragic nature. There was, the, there was a loss prior to that. There was indeed, uh, uh, not my, you're not going to talk in the middle of my, uh, my you're, you're going backwards here, and, and you need to stay on track and just listen, I'm giving you our reasons for that. If, but, uh, I, if I was to give you a piece of paper and a pencil, and I wrote down one, two, and three, and
0: I said, make a list of the people that made me, you feel that you've harmed. Who would be number one on the list? Well, definitely the, 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 the Kennedy family and, and the Kennedys. Uh, I, I would say that I would treat them all equally, and the victims uh, who who were injured in this, and, and the public, and and, and, and and the Bobby Kennedy's friends, and the people who voted for this. Is This whole thing was a, it, it's a horrible nightmare, really, for not just for me, but for you people, and for the whole country, and especially for the, for the family members. And thank you.
1: All right, welcome back. That was pretty easy, right? That was a quick little break. Ouch,
2: no, it was. It
1: hurt. Are you okay? We're no. You gonna be all right? Yeah. Did you? Ah, did you? Headache. <laughs> Janice, did you guys break too hard?
2: Janice brought us those swords.
1: Oh no, god, gonna... have you guys been aliens sorting each other? We've
2: been assing each other the entire oh, time. Oh my
1: god, it's ass to ass in here. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you can't even believe it. Danny and Melissa are ass to ass in here, and it's they they're all injured from it
2: a dangerous job
1: yeah somebody's somebody's gotta test the alien swords stabbers Snorts.
2: somebody's gotta test the asses <laughs> yeah
1: stabbers well, like, we're we, making <sighs> shirts we're here for <laughs>
2: welcome back
1: <laughs> welcome back <laughs> you know I it's one of those days it's beautiful outside like I I feel like we're kind of I feel co- like school yeah. damn it we are yes, distracted. Like like, oh. Exactly. It's summer school. I'm
2: staring out the window like, look at the sunshine. We don't
3: have windows. We're in an underground base. In my
2: in my mind. <laughs> the windows of my mind.
1: It's just like room. <laughs> Mom, can I look out window? Yeah. No, but for real. Uh, before the break, we were... We were talking about um, the various Darren Brown specials that we'd been sent by our good friend Chicago from the UK, who was much more familiar with Darren Brown's work and his body of work and the other specials. Unfortunately for us, because they're not in iTunes, because again, they're you know he's very hot in the UK, but I, you know I guess hasn't broken like that over here yet. He should. I would love to see him come over here and do some specials, and I would love for that oh, to all be too. available.
3: More specials.
1: Um, but at least they're on YouTube, and like I said, we'll share them. Um, the one that I th- I thought was most fascinating was that uh, was the one called the assassin, which um, is part of his the experiment series where he wanted to see if he could, through the power of hypnosis, uh, program someone to publicly assassinate somebody without them knowing it. Um, he referenced this being um, something that had had been rumored to have been done before in the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy. Now, for those of you, we've talked about um, Robert F. Kennedy's assassination before. There are a lot of, of plenty of roads to go down and rabbit holes to go down um, as to why and who may have been behind the actual um, wanting him dead. I'm sure there's quite a bunch of, of sources for that. But the actual murderer himself was caught, and he was, wasn't killed, and he lives, and he lives still today, and his name was Sirhan Sirhan. And uh, a name's so nice, you use it twice. But he, uh, he, he says and maintains to this day that he was getting coffee with a girl, in you know, a white and blue polka dot dress, and then the next thing he knows, he was being choked and beaten up by men, and everybody said he killed the president. And he has no memory of any of that. Um, he has shown signs of, according to some experts, of somebody who is uh, was kind of uh, under hypnosis. He's he was at one one point when he was in his cell, he was writing and just writing these words, and it was like all of this, like almost like programming stuff, like RF, RFK must die, RFK must die, must die, must die, missed you know things over and over again, like programming um, that was slipping through his his subconscious lot.
2: they also said that like when they held a quarter up or it was some kind of coin like then he kind of went into that um that uh what's that
1: trance like state catatonic or...
2: state yeah whatever you want to say and 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 so that had also kind of showed previous um signs of programming you know that he had already had a trigger
1: right right and which is which is interesting and you go you know you hear that and even even in the footage that we watched of Sirhan um at his well, I don't know if it was... I'm assuming it was his last one. It parole a, hearing. Yeah. 2011? Um, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, he said for five years, so maybe he had another one in 2017 or 16. Oh
2: but, they, but I thought it said that they had outlawed um, being able to film it. Yeah. Right, so
1: it was the last one that was able to be filmed. But it was in the few last few years, and he... Still to this day, that's what his story is. And the people in the parole board, they're like, well, sir, you you've obviously take no responsibility for this, and blah, blah, blah. And you've cite, cited multiple conspiracy theories... And they're even saying that. Now, even later on, though, uh, I would say since that parole hearing, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Robert F. Kennedy's son, has come out and said that he does not believe that Sirhan Sirhan murdered his father. The forensic evidence doesn't support it. The um, actual uh, crime scene, physical evidence, the medical evidence, none of it seems to support it. Sirhan Sirhan was standing in front of Robert F. Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy suffered the fatal wound, was point-blank shot to the back of his ear, as if somebody standing behind him and literally pulling the trigger with the gun almost pressed to his head, point-blank range right behind him. Also, there have been, in since that time, um, new recordings that have surfaced. Um, uh, one guy who had his microphone and recording equipment at the podium when Robert F. Kennedy was speaking, carrying it through the ballroom, managed to catch the... Um, the shooting and that being analyzed by auditory experts have shown that there are upwards of a dozen, maybe 13
2: 13,
1: gunshot sounds. And, uh, Sirhan had a revolver that had what eight. Yep. And so they can't account for him. They said that even if the people, there was other people around Robert, uh, that were shot as well. Um, all of which survived, but, even if you account for the bullets in him and the bullets on those and the bullets lodged in the room, there is still more shots than were just capable of Sirhan Sirhan yeah, shooting. Yeah,
2: there's at least nine wounds in people.
1: Not to mention. Um, and,
2: and there were actually um, four shots that Kennedy had in his, that he had in his back. So he was shot four times in the From back behind. And, from behind. And, and, of course, one being the fatal shot. Um, but it's still very complicated to shoot someone in the back four times when you're standing when you're in, standing front, of in front of them. Right. I mean, unless your ricochet shot is just money, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's just, it, it's just ridiculous. But anyways,
1: and, and, but I'm with you. I mean, you listen to that and and you see the evidence and, and RFK Jr. has publicly stated that he does not believe Sirhan killed his father. He believes that there should be another investigation opened into the murder of his father. Um, And I mean, yeah, I, I 100% agree. There's not actually, as far as I know and i have looked for it, I don't believe there's actually footage of the hallway because that would solve the crime. You just in go, the, uh, oh, there's the gun. It's here's his head, and there's where the shot comes in from. The pantry, right? Right, in the kitchen right. Area. It was more like he was he had left, and everybody was yay, and he had won the California primaries, was on to Chicago. People thought the show was over, and he was just and and then then all the cameras kicked back on, and there's footage of him laying on the ground, and it's horrible. And and Robert F. Kennedy was a as as they say in a lot of these clips, a champion of the people. He believed in equal rights. He believed that everybody should be treated equal. He was a him and his brother were both people that that you just kind of think, what could they have done for this country?
2: Yeah, which is probably tragically why they wound up dead. JFK of, Jr. Of, too. Yeah. All of, of the, the potential all the that they would have. The the good that they had in them, right? I mean, I I truly believe that uh, Sirhan Sirhan is one hundred percent innocent. I don't I don't know if it's a mind control thing. I don't know what it is. Um,
1: he admits to pulling the trigger. People watched him pull the trigger. Okay. I mean, he did shoot. And he had a gun. He had a he gun. Have a gun on he him. was standing there with a smoking gun. Right. Now, well,
2: wh- I, like I said, I don't know whether it's mind control, whether right. what it is, but. Um, I I do believe it. There's just there's a couple things that are that are slightly missing in and, and one being I don't know the connection of like when he was programming meaning like who who can you put him with that would that would line up, you know, how they got him here. And and then of course the girl with the the polka dot dress which I mean, if there's someone so, you know, almost infamous at that point that is with an assassin at the time that, you know, the presidential candidate is assassinated. Then you would almost feel like she would have been in the news or been found or said, you know, what can you tell us about Sirhan Sirhan? What was right. he doing? Why did you guys go to this specific, you know, area to get coffee? And Which this, is why? his story. Mm-hmm. Which, he, and that's, you can elaborate on that and we can go back. Well, but, he was, um, he
1: was at the hotel and basically said that he was, he had met this girl that he thought was quite attractive and she, that they wanted to go find coffee and they were walking around trying to find coffee. And eventually well, he and,
2: said they were, they were driving. He had her in his vehicle, I thought.
0: Well,
2: ha- And she, he was driving and he saw her and said she wanted coffee or something. And so they started going looking for coffee and still wound up back where at the, uh, where, you know, hmm. kind of this area at the, the hotel where Robert Kennedy would have been coming out.
1: Hmm. I don't, rem- I don't remember how, how far out they had started. I thought he was at the hotel. I don't know. He was
3: at a different, like, <laughs> this is my version now. He was at a different, like, rally, and then he met the girl there. And so they migrated to the hotel. Oh, looking for coffee. Yeah. So they, they went up, to the other rally. Okay. And of they
1: that. end up behind the stage where Robert F. Kennedy, and he, and he uses this term specifically in a couple clips a silver urn.
3: Yeah. yeah, there was a silver urn. I don't so, know if they walked to the hotel or got drove in a car. I just he, know it started I somewhere else. Thought he, said he had her in his
2: car.
1: Which... Either way, they ended up way, there. They made
3: it to the silver urn yes. for the
1: coffee. And he's and he looks and he 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 says, you know, we're trying to find somebody to pay. We couldn't, so we just drank the coffee and hung out. And he says the last thing I remember is following the girl with the polka dot dress. And he says I was drinking my coffee, and the next thing I wake up and I'm choking. And that's it. And he can't really remember
2: Yeah, because they, they had told any of him, the middle part. They had told him like when they were in that little area, like you said, kind of. And I thought that was an interesting point that he had attempted to pay for the coffee and there was right. no one there, which, you know, if you take out the person who could vouch for either him being with this girl with the polka dot dress or not, you know, her being a real person, um, you kind of eliminate another eyewitness and right. part of his story that would be backed up. Um, But they kind of told him, you need to leave this area because Robert Kennedy is going to be coming out of here. You guys have to leave. And so they were kind of directed to leave. And then at that point, that's when it happened. So I thought that was kind of interesting, too.
1: Yeah. And there was a witness. There was a witness uh, that was interviewed in one of the clips we saw that said a woman in the dress, Mm -hmm. a pretty woman in a dress, came down and said, we just we, we shot him. We shot him. We just shot Kennedy. And she or, and, or she said we she who'd you shot and she goes uh, Kennedy we k- we shot him and then she went on her way or whatever. So I mean there are other people that you know although I don't know why you'd like immediately go we got away with our plan we shot him we, you know <laughs> yeah, I don't know outside. why. But, that seems interesting I don't but know still
2: the fact that she was never tracked down as an, a key eyewitness I you, mean she was with the assassin
1: you made an interesting you said an interesting line when we were watching it um about how why is she not as as memorable as as other uh, the babushka lady, yeah. Or like something why do we like know that. Who so the you babushka, babushka lady dress is.
2: girl should be a something, you know, in history. Like she she should be a witness. She should right. be able to tell us what Sirhan Sirhan was like leading up into the incident. And you know, did he push her and break away and go? I mean, like the fact that she's never been identified or been brought to the light is, right. to me is like, why is that a thing? Why are we pushing her away? Well, right. I think that like Sirhan Sirhan got set up. Like that's how it sounds to me. Like he just took the fall for it absolutely i'm just saying that the the girl in the polka dot dress really really kind of pushes the the conspiracy theory along i think right because you go it's why would they not bring her to to the light and be a key witness why would you not because she's a handler (laughs) but that's what i mean i'm saying it's kind of giving it away just much like much like anything like we talk about vegas it's you know like we said why wouldn't you do this why wouldn't you do that because you can't Right. It's, just right. it's just part of a delusion. It's just right. part of a
1: crazy man's ramblings. Look, this was clearly a lone nut who fired 13 shots out of an eight-shot gun. Come on, guys. Pull it together. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that this this stuff is is real. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's multiple government programs, uh, you know, that can do these type of things, mind control. I mean, most people, they just kind of lump them under the... Uh, banner of m k ultra which we've mentioned in the past, and we will continue to mention in the future because there's so many branches of what people kind of lump under that term um but you know people do talk about the idea of the Manchurian candidate, the idea that somebody the government well and and in the movie the manchurian candidate they the government programs uh someone to kill a senator right like it's pretty pretty you know. And, and whoa whoa that's just movie stuff. Oh that's that's crazy. Nobody will ever do that. But you know, then this our uh, Robert F Kennedy thing happens and people start thinking well maybe could it happen. And that's kind of the the idea behind Darren Brown's special The Assassin is that look, that people say this is possible. Can you program someone to assassinate somebody? Now taking into consideration that everything in this in this show is real and that we're not all being punked because this guy's not in on it. That this is legitimately an issue, Darren Brown then goes about hypnotizing this guy into ultimately becoming a public assassin with no memory of it. Using a lot of the same techniques that Sirhan Sirhan talked about, he uses a polka dot fabric. Every time he sees it, he immediately kind of goes into this trance trance-like state. Triggers about you know you know getting better, teaching him. Like one of them, it was so interesting. Was he? He gets him a gun. He or he takes him to a gun range and uh, something he's never fired a gun before. shoots some, shoot some shots, and then he kind of tells him, you know, try this, do this, turn the trigger, touch your forehead, you'll turn on that marksman. And he starts shooting bullseyes. Like it's crazy to watch the improvement that he gets. The, even the expert there at the gun range says, no, that's, that's nuts." Um, but all these little things, and over the course of of a few weeks, being able to kind of it's incredible to me because you want to think to yourself, like there's no way that could happen to me. There's no way that somebody could get inside my brain enough that I could be tricked into murdering somebody. But he literally picks this guy out of the group of people, you know, as he does, you know, he tells him, you know, starts whittling people down, realizes you're probably going to be the most likely candidate for this to work, you know? So there's no, there's no tricks. This guy, n- in this case, knows it's happening. He knows I'm going to, you know, n- ultimately not. You're not going to kill somebody, but I'm going to hypnotize yeah, you. I'm going a, to. A
2: lot of the people on these these shows, we have to remind. I have to remind myself. They asked to be a part of it, and whether they right. knew, you know, going into it that they were a part of it, but they still initially wanted, you know, at the end of the day to be a part of a Darren Brown experiment. So but I don't think they know what they're in for. That's right. the crazy thing, you know?
1: Right. And sometimes he will say, you didn't get it, and then they'll, be, they'll become the, right. the, the target. Or in this case, he just said, I'm going to pick you, but I'm not going to ultimately, right. when I show you, you're going to go, what the fuck, what, what? And when he does show him, I mean, that's the thing, is if, if the handler, if Sirhan had, had actually been programmed, and then the handler had come out and gone, okay, look, And I break, do you remember what you did now? Do you remember what we did leading up to this? Because, I mean, it could have been as easy as, like, you know, maybe there was a guy on the street pretending to do a card game, and only one out of every 15 people would be affected by this and be able to. And then he goes, oh, he's a candidate. Okay. And then somebody walks in and goes, okay, every time you see this coin, you're going to be under my control. And then it's just that easy. They follow him along. The guy's walking home, and he just holds up the coin, and he goes, Okay, you remember you're going to kill Robert F. Kennedy, right? Okay, yeah. good. Boom, and you remember nothing. Well, oh, how are you, you know, just and, that easy.
2: And Sirhan Serhan in his last parole uh, interview kind of, he he says, you know, they ask him, why did you have the gun? And he says, I like guns. I like weaponry. I, I have an interest in them. And so, he, you know, he admits to going to the gun range and, and getting better because he kind of just wanted to show his buddies. And, I mean, I see that side of things. So... You kind of have to rationalize, well, had, if this is the government, stepped in and intervened at that point already, were they encouraging him to go to the gun range to get better? I mean, was that already part of the programming? Or they have eyes on this guy who already liked guns? Maybe hanging out
1: at the gun range, right?
2: That's that's kind of the only part that's missing is the the dots. Where was the the contact? When did it start? When did the programming begin? Where's the, you know? Right. I thought it was really interesting because he can't, Goes through hypnotic
3: regression to remember what happened like yeah. people can't hypnotize him
1: and he literally goes from drinking coffee to choking
3: yeah and yeah. when he talks it's about gone. it it's, it's totally gone. fluid it's like there's nothing in between those incidents it's like he was drinking coffee and then he just remembers choking so well, it's like he uh, was blacked out right have any then. of you
1: ever lost time where you literally uh,
3: drinking
2: you, yes what
1: uh, and just, alcohol <laughs> Ambien. Don't
2: take Ambien. I have. I am an advocate of not taking Ambien. I've never
3: had it. Don't do it. It makes you forget things.
2: Absolutely. Like and and also do things that now I'm not. Uh, it's kind of funny because I'm not tying this into the Roseanne thing at all. Honestly. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. But it is, and I'm not giving unambient. her an excuse or anything like that. You know, it's it's wrong on on any level or any which way you look at it. But Ambien does kind of make you do stuff that you don't remember and might not otherwise do i mean i ended up like outside of my apartment i lived alone in my underwear on the phone with someone at two o'clock in the morning and i kind of like came to and i'm like what am i doing out here isn't it supposed to make you sleep yeah it does not (laughs) it makes you eat it makes you call people it makes you (laughs) (laughs) maybe you're like sleeping in between maybe it's like power naps (laughs) with your eyes closed i don't know wow don't do it
1: i i i personally you know, I I was never so much of a drinker that I would black out, but I had my little head rush thing where I, I was we were in the, the the convenience store and we we were trying the, the slurpee stuff. It wasn't it wasn't Sev, it was a different one, so it was Slurpee-esque, you know. The frozen, slushy drink. And I took a drink and I got a, a brain freeze. And so I bent over like, oh God, and I came up too fast. And then literally the next thing I remember is I'm looking up at Danny. And I'm just like, okay. He fell
2: into the gummies.
1: And I literally had collapsed back into the gummy <laughs> section, just taking like it was a pegboard just down. taking the rack with me. And but it was the weirdest thing because I was standing there and then the literally the next thing I know, I was looking at Danny like, okay, well, what am I waking up from? And where am where am I? How much Wait, where, how long was I? And it was—it was half a second. There was no. It wasn't a big deal, but I had no recollection of the part in between.
2: Um, be I mean, freaky. I've been knocked out. Be you know, freaky. like yeah, you've had in sports and in wrestling, Aww. and and I have no. There, you know, I have no Aww. recollection of of what happened in between. You know, right? But I mean, I've it's, done comedy, totally blackout
3: drunk on stage. And then watched it back later, and not remembered a thing, and wow. I still to this day don't remember a thing when I watched the video, I'm like, "I'm still funny, thank God, because I'm a funny drunk <laughs> lasts, I'm yeah. a funny drunk, but I- but it's funny. just it's not there. I remember That's... right before I was going to go on stage, and I remember because it was being filmed, obviously, and I remember being on stage and being like. And I say, I'm so drunk. Why are you filming me? That was like the only moment of consciousness that I had on stage. And then that's it. I don't remember anything else. It's crazy. But I mean, that's not just blacking out. That's walking around, talking, doing things. And my brain just did not make memories. Because when you black out with alcohol, that's what happens is your brain's just like too drunk to make memories. (laughs)
2: not saving your data.
1: <laughs> so do you yeah, do no you think file. so okay so we all clearly know that we can lose time do you think that you could be programmed to murder somebody and not remember it?
3: I would hope not. Yes, I agree. But I I don't think I could murder somebody like Well unless what? they could really program me to be good with a gun cuz I'm a terrible shot. But <laughs> maybe you could
1: <laughs> boob someone yeah. to death.
3: Yeah, that I could do accidentally though. <laughs> In an elevator. I'm sorry. There were a lot of floors. I didn't know you were she smothering. She seems to be
1: smothering them, but I. I'm,
3: I'm, we can't find any proof. But I don't fibers. know. Watching watching the assassin, it really scared me because the way he had he got triggered by that noise that they played, like the Darren town. Brown loves to do, and then the way he touched his forehead, like that really creeped me out. It was like he was going into like, okay, I'm there activating was, you could the see marksman him take now. Away the emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you. It was there was that moment of just, well, you know, and a performer would say when you when you turn on, mm-hmm. but like to see an assassin turn on and and clear, like you said, clear emotion.
3: Yeah, and he's totally like mechanical when he like does right. it. You and know? he's the, the
1: little the little suggestions with the with the fabric throughout. You know, he oh, he does yeah, the it with just in the, front of the, the, a handkerchief. He does it in, reading a. You know, reading a menu, he just opens up the menu and the fabric's in there and immediately goes out. And then by the end of it, when the lady walks in, in a polka dot dress, much like Sirhan talked about. Because he does, Darren Brown does reference the RFK assassination. I think
2: it's whether or not he's boldly stating it, I I think it's a direct
1: I think he's just trying to do the same techniques, right? I, I
2: literally think he's trying to prove whether or not Sirhan, Sirhan could have been programmed. I think that whether or not he'll make the direct correlation, that is what he is doing Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is fascinating. I, and, I think it's, I think it is fascinating. And I
1: think, I think it goes to show that this, this stuff isn't bullshit. It's not bullshit. It's, it is very possible.
2: You know, and again, unless, unless the ultimate experiment is on us as the viewers and, and it's, and it's that. But it's a play,
1: I, right. But, but I mean, I, I
2: really think that, and we don't know what, what the guy uh, who he chose to be the assassin, what, you know we never we never know like would you commit a murder like right. if maybe he does like want to shoot